0: Hi everybody, Mike Hancock here, Chairman of the Circle of Excellence Group. Wonderful to have everybody on the call and for those of you listening afterwards as well. We've got a really interesting topic today because we're gonna be talking about motivation. And I wanna start by, before we get into any formalized part of the presentation, by actually asking you guys on the call, what is motivation to you and in what ways are you motivating yourself? So I'm gonna start with the people I see who are currently, um, currently sort of not uh, on mute. So Heather, what, what is motivation for you and what are you doing to, and what's your normal modus operandi of, of actually having motivation for yourself?
1: I think what inspires me is, is to make a difference in people's lives. And I, just, I feel like the, I'm sorry, the work that I do does that. And then I've got a morning routine that I do every morning that involves breath work. um, I swim in cold water. I use the environment to just shift my state energetically. And then I do a meditation every morning to put myself into the high energy spiritual state. Apologies for my dog.
0: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay well they're into being motivating as well so you can mute the dogs now Heather that's fantastic let's go to hi Bruce uh, good morning um, good morning because oh, you're on South Africa time what is, what's your current motivation uh, methodology that you use to, to keep yourself above and beyond what's going on at the moment
2: I think motivation is just focused energy and you know we all have x amount of energy for the day what you do with it um, is, is kind of up to you. I think a lot of people might just leak that by wandering around aimlessly. I like to be very kind of focused. I also have that like golden hour thing in the morning. Um, refocus, re-energy, do not swim in cold water. That's just silly. I have a heated pool, um, but just kind of, I, I think it's all going to do with how you start the day, what you do in the first thirty minutes to sixty minutes when you're up in the morning. I think that can really, really set the tone for the for the day. I'm I'm a list guy. I know people don't like lists. I love crossing stuff off my my list and adding it to the list, um, and that keeps me motivated and focused. I have long term goals and just keep keep on keep oning.
0: Okay, some really good tips there. Anybody else like to share before we get more formal with the presentation? Just feel free to either put your hand up or unmute um, and share another tip of ways that you uh, like to motivate or feel motivated as well. Welcome, Paul. I see you're, you've joined the call from the Netherlands as well. So it's lovely to have you here. And if we've got nobody else, I'm going to jump into, we'll come back, but I'm going to jump into the formal part of the the presentation that I've got for you today. And we're going to throw this backwards and forwards, as I said. So I want to talk about what motivation is. And really the background to this, from my perspective, is that we're, we're at one of those pivotal times in history. You know, a lot of people have called COVID the Third World War. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad description of it, because I think behind COVID, the disease, Um, sits a a lot of governments at the moment uh, that are restricting people's freedom. And, you know, for those of you in New Zealand, everybody thinks it's fantastic that, you know, you have a a leader that, you know, one person gets sick and, you know, the country gets shut down for three days. I have a different view. I feel that, you know, um, that we uh, make certain choices in our life. And these days for us as individuals, essentially you know, we need to be much more responsible than what we may have thought that we needed to be. But, you know, life can't stop just because there's a pandemic, a war, um, some political stuff happening, a riot, uh, this uh, that, goodness knows, you know, and it can happen in, in any country. And I remember that New Zealand used to say, oh, we're so lucky that, you know, there's no terrorist attacks in New Zealand. Well, that all changed a couple of years ago as well. So wherever you are in the world, we have these things that are really imploding on us. So I was talking to one of my friends in New Zealand yesterday. They told me that one of the signature restaurants of Auckland, Antoine's, 35 years it's been there. One of the high society um, you know, restaurants there is closed now because of COVID. The Governor's Ball, which typically gets 500 people at it, where women spend thousands of dollars on their dresses. This year they sold 35 tickets and cancelled it um, 10 days before the event. So this is happening to all of us all the time. So, you know, you thought it was going to be one way and then you lose a contract. Then you thought this was your safest client and then you lose that contract as well. So this is what's happening to all of us. So how do we stay motivated? And we've heard from a couple of people about some good tips there. But firstly, I just want to unpack what motivation is a little bit. Motivation: A very simple formula for this is that it's reward divided by effort. And if you look at some of the reasons that you may not be as motivated as what you feel that you should be, uh, well done, Bruce. I see you're writing that down. So that you may not be as as motivated as you should be is because you've got motivation around the wrong way. We look at motivation as, and I'm talking generally here. Um, A lot of people say, oh, by the end of this year, I want to make a million dollars or whatever. That's very tough to to get motivated towards on a daily basis. And it's really those daily steps in in that journey that's going to get you to that million dollars or whatever it is that you want to attain. Let's say it's a 20 kg weight loss, you know, just looking, focusing on the 20 kgs and picking up a 20 kg set of weights in the gym and go, this is what I'm going to lose. That's not going to motivate you. But taking those gradual steps every day is gonna motivate you. So when I unpack this reward and effort thing, um, one of the ways I used to explain this to people and it keeps it simple is to say, if I say to you, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars and you have to run a thousand kilometers. So therefore every kilometer you run, you're going to get a dollar for that kilometer but you have to run a thousand to get the the full thousand. So you run any less than a thousand kilometers, you are not going to get even $1. So if you stop at 998, you're not going to get a dollar. But essentially, once you run a thousand, you're going to get a thousand dollars. Or secondly, I say to you, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars. And all I want you to do is briskly walk around the block. Who's going to be more motivated to briskly walk around the block for $100 than to run 1,000 kilometres for $1,000? So this tends to show up how we're motivating ourselves at the moment. We tend to put too low a reward for too much effort. So therefore, our motivation is all over the place. So I'll give you a practical example of that. You say, oh, I'm going to lose uh, 20 kgs and when I do... I'm going to have a holiday in the, you know, the Seychelles or whatever. But the 20 kgs could take you three months, could take you six months, could take you two years. If it takes you any longer than three months, you're probably going to give up on it. And so, therefore, you're just going to, and you're probably then going to go back into eating more or drinking more or whatever you're doing that cause the weight problem in the future. Whereas a simpler thing might have been to say, you know every time I get on that scale and I see one kilogram having come off, then that weekend I'm going to have a massive cheat day and eat whatever I want. That's going to be much more motivational for you than the trip to the Seychelles, even though you might've wanted to go to the Seychelles your whole life. So you've really got to chunk down these goals and these um, things that you're putting in front of yourself to make them much more attainable. So, The way in which we do it from a business perspective is we simply do it based on numbers. Instead of saying we want to make a million dollars a year, we say, well, you know, we average $445 for every person seat in an event. So we've got to have two and a half thousand people come to events in a year and we should be okay to make our million. So we'll look at that from that perspective and then focus on that. And so therefore, we're focusing on getting one more person into event and one more person, and one more person. And the cumulative effect of that just simply means that more comes out the other end, which allows us to reach our target. Instead of going, well, I'm going to do these big things, et cetera, et cetera. So my first suggestion to you is really write down this formula, motivation equals reward, divided by effort, and then look at the amounts of, the, where your rewards are for you, And what your goals are, are they too high for the effort that it takes to put in? So if you want to make a million dollars this year, that's $87,000 a month, if you like. So why don't you focus on maybe doing 20,000 the next week? So that's a much smaller reward, a much smaller effort than perhaps trying to get the million. But if you continue to do that, then you'll get in that space of doing a million. So with that, Let's have a look at this. Um, one of the things that I said promised to, the, to you in, in today's, um, today's webinar. And this is actually how to upgrade your house in 12 months. And I wrote about this in some detail in, in one of my first books, Can You Teach a Goat to Dance? Right back in 2006. But this came from something I did myself um, when I joined the financial services industry in my very, very early 20s. And I literally looked around my house and I said, okay, I want a new couch, I want new TV, I want a new stereo system, I want to you know, upgrade my kitchen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But by the time I put all of those things together, you know, suddenly I've got to find $30,000 to do it all, which was just never going to happen. So that idea of upgrading my house um, and spending 30,000 and where's that money going to come from became incredibly demotivational until I worked that out. So first step is you've got to list the things that you really want. Now, whether you apply this to upgrading your house or whether you apply this to your bucket list or whatever, I'm just simply using the analogy of upgrading your house in 12 months because I literally did this myself and it worked. Okay? So firstly, list down the things that you you know really want to have. So, Maybe you are sick of your old couch. Maybe you do want to go on a holiday to Santorini. Maybe you um, do want to upgrade your car. Maybe you, you know, do want to buy that new 50-inch TV or whatever it is that you want. It's totally up to you. And I'm talking about material stuff here. And uh, it's very interesting. A good friend of mine, Justin Herald from Australia, actually did this as well when. He would only work when he wanted a new toy, a new car, a new motorbike or something like that. That's when he got really involved in his business. Now, then what we need to do is all of those things we need to attain some sort of basic budget. So what is it costing you to live and run your business at the moment? And don't worry, I'll go into this a little bit in more detail in the next slide. But overview is what is it costing you to live? What are these things basically cost? And then what you're going to do is you're going to start ticking off the goals using this particular system that I'm going to share with you now. So let's use an example of getting a new couch. Um, It's going to be a nice couch, a leather couch. It's going to cost $4,000. You know, if you're in South Africa, that can be 40,000 rand. Or if you're, you know, in Malaysia, that can be, uh, gee, 12,000 ringgit. You know, you, you work it out to however you want to be. But so the step one, is you're gonna look at your basic expenses. What does it cost you already to live a normal lifestyle that you enjoy living and to run your business? So it might cost you $6,000 a month, okay, to do that. So that 6,000 might be, I don't know, 4,000 for your normal life and 2,000 bucks for some business expenses. Then what I want you to do is add on whatever percentage is relevant for your country, for tax. So if your tax is 33%, add on a couple of grand. It doesn't have to be absolute because of course you're gonna claim back your business expenses. This is a sort of a rule of thumb way of doing it. You can get really, really specific if you want to. But so therefore your minimum per month that you now need to earn is 8,000 because you've got to pay 2,000 bucks tax. You'll have your 6,000, that's 6,000. It's gonna pay your living expenses and your business expenses. Now. For you to earn $4,000 in the next month, to extra to buy that new couch, um, you're gonna have to pay tax on that 4,000. So that's $1,200. So therefore you need to earn another 5,200 that month. So your 8,000 plus 5,200 is 13,200. Now here's the secret with this, is when you look at all of the things that you want, start small. So maybe you need, want to really want to buy a new television that television is going to be $1000. So do the math on that and for that month you know you might have to earn $9300 to do that. So the minimum the, the the absolute time you've hit your 8000 in target you take the extra and shift it to your savings account. So for instance even if you haven't earned the 13200 that you need here in order to buy your couch, maybe this month you've made 10000 So it's a good leap. You take the 2000 that you need that extra over your minimum and move it into a separate account. Then you repeat the next month. Now, suddenly the next month you've had a better month. You've made you know $12,000 that month. So now you're basically in that position where you can start to look at buying that couch. Maybe some area in the third month, you're going to buy that couch. But this is going to excite you. This is going to motivate you because you're actually seeing money go into that account. Um, And that's really gonna help you. So it doesn't matter how small you start. I was just talking to, uh, we've just been spending a weekend with uh, Landy's mother and her stepfather. And her stepfather's doing some share trading and he's never done it before, right? Because he's moving into retirement, he wants to replace his, his business which he's selling now which he's been winding down with some, with some income. And he has, he's got a really good plan. And it's part of the reason why I wanted to share this with you. He basically doesn't look at the highs and lows of the, the stock market at all. He simply wants to make a extra figure each month. And he breaks that down into a daily basis. So let's just say he, wants, he needs an extra $100 a day in which to live or $3,000 a month. So he just looks at that day's trading. If he's made $100, soon as he's made $100, he's out. If he has a loss the next day, he'll look to pick it up over the next few days. And that system's worked really, really well for him. He's been doing it for about four months and now a whole lot of people in his share communities are copying what he does. But it's basically the same system as this. It's very simple motivations. In his terms, he says, I just want to make a hundred bucks a day, extra. I don't care about you know, investing in Facebook or Bitcoin that makes you know, 20,000 in a week. That's not what I'm after. I just want to make a hundred dollars a day. So this focus is very similar to this, but this will create monumental um, sort of motivation for you. Now, if you have a big expense that you want to save for like a trip around the world or something like that, I would suggest what you do is you still run minor motivations, but you take a little bit longer to get your trip around the world. So if your trip around the world is going to cost you $30,000. Then instead of saying, well, I'm going to break that down and it's going to be $2,500 a month, you might make this a target of say $5,000 a month and have other little rewards as well. So to keep you motivated also along the way. So let's move out of this because I want to talk about the reason that you don't believe that you can get to where you want to go, the reason you don't believe that your money tree is just going to open and flourish for you. And I'm interested to sort of pick this up and have this discussion with you guys as well. So um, feel free to, uh, for anybody here on the call to give me some of the things that really is holding you back from motivation, holding you back from really opening that money tree and allowing the leaves to fall off. Um, what's stopping you? What's holding you back? And don't just say mindset, give us some specifics. Who would like to share? I'll say hi to a couple of other people. Hi to Ken. Hi to Eric, I haven't seen you just yet. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Okay, so since we've got so much feedback, I'm gonna nominate a couple of people. So that's the way it rolls here. So um, Ian, I saw you had your microphone unplugged before, and I know you're always up for it. Hello, how are you, my friend?
3: <laughs> Good of you, Mike.
0: Great. So you've had times in your life, and you know, that's really changing now where um, you know, money has been scarce and things that you've wanted to happen in your life have been scarce withheld from you for whatever reason. Looking back at those times, what do you think were some of the, the key things that stopped you getting what you wanted to get at that point?
3: Uh, two things spring to mind. Uh, the first one is I didn't have a wealth mindset. I think um, if I look at my background with my parents and that there are no entrepreneurs in the family, there's no real wealth i mean i've got cousins who've made it good but but in our heritage lots of poverty and and struggle and i so i don't think i really had that sort of connection with what is it to make money what is the mindset all that kind of thing and the second point kind of flows from that and that is i didn't have a system so um i would earn money and i would spend money and i'd earn money and i'd spend money and and there was no sort of real accumulation and then um about actually just when when we were coming back from from the scotland trip i actually went and read profit first and suddenly i I implemented it immediately the next month and started allocating a profit every single month that i put away and suddenly i found i could buy things my tax was sorted you know all of the stuff was suddenly in place and it's kind of just a a digital version of the old envelope system of just putting, allocating the money correctly every time. And I, I haven't run out of money once since then. And I've actually bought some really special things uh, in that time. So th- th- there's there was a mindset of non-entrepreneurship, non-wealth creation, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic insight. Thank you so, so much. Um, and before I ask somebody else and, and we get a, another thing, I just want to pick up on one of the things you said. Um, which is the wealth mindset. And, you know, we don't promote, as you know, becoming rich and all that sort of stuff. We leave that for the others. But, um, but you know, having prosperity is one of the true things we stand for. And wealth mindset is part of that. In other words, having a, you know, um, a mindset of everything is abundant and around us and, and we are resourceful rather than. We are unresourceful and and things aren't around us. And when you said that, it triggered me back to um, many, many years ago when I was running a lot of wealth creation events. One of the first exercises I'd do there is I'd say, you have two minutes to write down 10 words that spring into your mind when I say this word. And so everybody grab your pens, everybody ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. The word is money. And then we played some music and two minutes, people wrote down those 10 things. Now, in a room of, say, 100 people, there were very few people that didn't have some negative words around money. And there were some people that actually laughed and said, all my words are negative around money. All of them are. And so um, it was really interesting to unpack that. Because then I'd normally do an intervention with that type of person, the person who really had a lot of negatives. And I asked them, who's got more than one? Who's got more than three? Who's got more than five? Who's got more than seven? So there'd be a group that was seven or more words that were negative um, around money. And it generally came back to exactly what you said, Ian, that there was a poverty mindset imprinted from birth. Um, in the family and, you know, maybe the family didn't have money or they felt they didn't deserve it or they got told you have to work hard and all, you know, all those sort of imprints. But it was fascinating when we dug into it from the intervention point of view, because this was the question um, I would ask. I'd say, I'd go to Ian, if you were one of those people and, and say, Ian, um, what was, name a time in your life where you actually ran out of money. And Ian would go and talk about a time in his life where he ran out of money. and Then I'd stop him at a crucial point um, because I knew what the answer was going to be because I've done this so many times. And then I'd ask the room, I'd say, hands up who here in the room has ever run out of money? 90% of the room puts their hands up. Doesn't matter how big or how small your room is. 90% of us have literally run out of money at some point in in our lives. Sometimes it's not when we're young. Sometimes it's when we're in our middle age or whatever we have. And then we start talking to some of the people about what happened when they ran out of money. And they look at that time with such um, almost freedom. And I remember one guy said that he he literally ran out of money in the middle of India when he was backpacking as a youth. And um, he had no access to money, couldn't contact his parents, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he literally had to, A, beg and B, you know, go in with the family and everything like this. And everybody's going, that's terrible. He said, no, it was the best time of my life. You know, I had so much fun because nothing mattered, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the beautiful thing about this. And this is the, the point I wanted to make about what you said is that often when we have this poverty mindset and we look back on it, it's actually served us really well because it's it's made us resourceful. It's allowed us to, you know, to sniff out a deal. And it's actually given us a lot of stuff. But it doesn't need to be with us our whole life. And I think that's what you're identifying there. Philippe's asked, Ian, if you could type into the chat maybe what the book is that you read again, just in case he'd be interested. Now, um, before I go on, I saw Moira on the call. Um, are you there, Moira? There you are. I can see your smiling face. So Maura, if you could unmute your microphone for me and just tell me, you know, at times in your life where things haven't been abundant, because I know that's been something for you as well, what's sort of been the things holding you back? Um, Can you hear me? Yes, perfectly.
1: Oh, great, because I lost the picture and I had to get everything back. Um, Sorry, could you ask me the question again?
0: Yeah, at the times in your life where you felt less than abundant... Or that things weren't going right for you, and you felt very unmotivated. What do you really think's been holding you back at those times?
1: Well, um, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, um, but I don't. I haven't had that experience of not being motivated. I've just had the experience of not knowing how to get from A to B. Because, Very interesting.
0: Thanks for that. Yeah. Keep going. Um,
1: well, I'm still not trying to be a smart aleck because I'm just another bozo on the bus, as they say. But my motivation comes from internally Um and I recognised a, a, a long time ago that I, I can't, or maybe I've got some kind of mental block that I don't know about yet, but I actually can't be motivated by money. And um, that's the truth, um, as I experience it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like it money. Oh, great, but it, yep. it, it 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 I have yeah it. I, there's something I haven't been able to do and the only reason to do it is for money. I can't do it. Um, And yeah, so, and I've seen a lot of money and I've seen a lot of not money and I don't want to be in the poverty bucket. um, But maybe my experience is I've seen people who've had a lot of money and they're not any happier in the inner world than I am. So I guess that does make me sound not very humble. Um, but that's, that's, that's my truth. And now... Now you're
0: incredibly humble.
1: Now I reckon incredibly I've got humble. everything. I just don't have the money. And I'm just at a stage where I think I like who I am. I like what I do. I like how I do it. I make blunders. I, you know, I fall off my own standards of integrity from time to time in terms of completing things or on time or do all that stuff but that to me feels a very minimal amount of stuff to deal with when I'm working um doing stuff I never dreamed I'd be able to do with people I never dreamed I'd be able to do it with and um Money didn't have to make that happen. I got there in my way. And that's way. the
0: exact point. I think you make the exact point there of you truly have prosperity, you truly have freedom, and you truly have purpose, and they're the they're the three greatest things. But I think that you know what what you've picked up there and is an interesting attachment that people have to money creates happiness um Could I, there's so yeah. many so many un, unhappy wealthy people that it's not funny money's not what it's about and this this topic's not about money this is about motivation yeah. and motivation can be um it doesn't have to be for profit at all but it's just a simple way of of measuring yeah. it that's easy easy for everybody which is why i picked it up but um but i think the thing is that there's different people that as you said, you're motivated every day because motivation comes from, from within you. And this is the area that I really want to focus on for the balance of, of our call today because you know we're at a time in the world where people's within motivation has been kicked around a lot. And for a lot of people, it's because they're struggling financially, et cetera. And it was interesting just to, to follow through. Thank you, Moira. You can, you can go back on, on mute if you like. But um, we were doing a mastermind in uh, Pretoria a couple of weeks ago. And one of the guys in, in the group asked, he said, I've got 15 people in my team, but you know they're just not performing. How do I motivate them? And it was interesting because I, I, I was able to give him the 12 motivations for work, well, about eight of them. Because there are 12 motivations why we actually turn up and do what we do. I'll see if I can remember them for you. So a very old study, but a very good study. Um, and I used to use it in, in corporate when I was recruiting. So, um, you know, some people come for the money. That's normally about number three on people's list. Some people become because they'll become more self-empowered by doing what they do. They'll have greater independence. That's another reason. The the highest one of all why people work for you or go to work is for recognition. That's number one across most people is recognition. Independence is number two. Money is number three. Some people do what they do because it integrates with their family life. That's another one. Some people do what they do because of personal growth. That's another one. Some people do what they do because they have a feeling that it's prestigious. You know, I'm a you know, boat broker or a private jet broker, that's prestigious, you know. So there are different motivations for for actually working. But the other thing is that we're not motivated because our environment is not set up right to be motivated. And that comes down to an old thing, um, an old thing for me, but not old for many of you, is... The reason why people don't get to where they want to go is because they do the wrong things right. So one of those wrong things that people are doing right is they've set up a beautiful office for themselves at home. They stare into a white wall. Um, They don't interact with people except on a Zoom call these days. So therefore the environment for them is non-conducive to motivating them. It's pretty hard, well I can tell you, it's pretty hard for Mike Hancock to get up every morning and actually go and sit and stare at a wall with a desk backed up to a wall and try and be creative, try and be um, happy, try and um, give you guys value, et cetera, et cetera. Very hard for me to do that. Much more easy for me to be um, where I am today, which is, in you know, on the border of the Eastern Cape of South Africa, um, you know, having a chill time with Lundy, just going about to go head back to to Cape Town after this call, and you know, then we just booked a week away to go writing, um, you know, in about another four weeks' time, and things like that. As much so that's because I understand who I am, so I understand that I work in big batches and I can motivate myself to work like have nine appointments a day or something like that, doesn't worry me at all. But then I need to rest, I understand who I am, whereas a lot of people just work five days, entrepreneurs, six days, seven days. And it actually doesn't work for them. So you've got to understand yourself. Let's jump back into the presentation. You've got to create the type of environment that you would actually thrive in, not survive in, but actually to thrive in. And if you can thrive in your environment, then you're going to see all sorts of motivation occurring around you. And that's going to actually you know, serve you so much better. So the reason that we don't, as a species, don't believe that we can open our money tree, get the things we want, lead a prosperous life, so on and so forth, here's a list of them. Here's what happened to Ian. Imprints from childhood, okay? You know, happens for a lot of us as well. Lost picture, got only sound. Have you got that? Oh, that's Moira's, but everybody else has got the picture, right? Just nod, Bruce, because I can see you. Ian's nodding. Okay, great. Moira, problems at your end. Sorry, can't help. Um, Imprinting is one of those. So these are the things that we were taught that doesn't allow us to be motivated. Like, um, I hate Mondays. Bob Geldof imprinted a lot of people, right? With I hate Mondays. Um, Other people, you know, one of the imprints that You know, we joke about it that we have around us is thirsty Thursdays. In other words, as soon as you finish work on Thursday, it's time to go for a drink because you aren't going to do anything on Friday, right? So it's those type of imprints that create an environment. Then there's the whole too hard. Oh, you know, it's too hard at the moment. Um, Nobody wants to speak to us. People don't have money, blah, 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 blah. Then it's the whole everybody tries to eat the elephant in one go. So you wanna crack an elephant? You know, cut off a bit of his toenail, eat that, then eat part of his ear. Then don't try and bite the whole elephant, right? So this is what I was talking about before when we were getting into goal setting. Don't try and become a millionaire overnight. You know, maybe upgrade this, upgrade that, do a bit of this, do a bit of that. And you'll find that it's easy. Um, you'll see, actually, here's a tip for you guys. Um, sometime maybe this week, but I think next week, um, Landy and I are going to put out an email to our list and tell them about the the $432 US a month we saved on software um, because we're going to have to buy a car because we're stuck in South Africa because we don't own cars. So we only have rentals um, just because we're never in the one place long enough. But now we're in the one place long enough. We're going to have to buy a car because it doesn't make sense to keep renting one. So now I've found at least you know four and a half you know, $450 US a month to, to start paying for the car because I've actually been able to work on a couple of new software packages that have just been introduced to the marketplace as well that have really cut down our expenses. So we're going to let you guys know what they are coming up. Um, so don't try and eat the elephant one chunk. Then there's your network. Oh my goodness, this is one of the biggest things for demotivating you. Doomsayers. Oh, don't you know, you know, trump's this biden's that ramipause this scott morrison's that jeepers we got any australians on the call today i mean i just read in the, the paper uh not in the paper I just read on my news feed how in australia one of the one of the women that works at parliament house was raped by somebody at parliament house she went to the prime minister and said it's a police matter you know don't come to me we don't have hr here it's a police matter so now, all these people are doom saying in Australia about the Australian economy now because of that thing. Then there's doubters. Oh, you know, Ian, how can you leave your, you know, your job and go out and do things for yourself? And, you know, you're an IT guy. You shouldn't be a speaker and all of that sort of stuff. And then the worst one of all is the distractors. Come on, buddy. It's Friday. Let's play golf. Come on. It's thirsty Thursday. Oh, you don't want to work on a Monday or even more so um, You know, come and help me in my business for free. Give up all your time and come and help me. I need help. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Um, Then there's the connection quality. The quality of your connections really needs to be upgraded. Um, All of ours needs to be as well. So we're lucky we have Circle of Excellence. But even within Circle of Excellence, I would implore you guys to do more research of your fellow Circle of Excellence members there's so many of you that can do business together partnerships together learn from each other um, and for those of you that are not in that are not Cape Town based um, I've got to tell you in Cape Town there's a wonderful little mastermind group of circle of excellence members Bruce is a member of that um, you know there's a few others that are a member of that as well that meet do you meet weekly Bruce is it is weekly just give me a thumbs up yep he's nodding so they meet weekly and that I think all of them think find that to be a tremendous group because it's high quality people coming and meeting together and furthering their businesses together. And if I look at all of the members of that, that group over the last year or so, all of you have improved greatly. And I think you know, a lot of that's got to do with that, that mastermind group you've got going. So improve your connection quality. Then there's a lot of us are demotivated because we're doing the wrong things right. Oh, I've done 20 blog posts and I haven't got one client or, you know, I've been to 17 networking events, but nothing's come out of it. So, you know, instead of just going to the networking events, go there with a purpose. Instead of just blogging, have a link back to something and see if you adjust to a list and see if you're generating people on your list. One of the big reasons we're not motivated as a species is because we don't celebrate our wins. And I'm as guilty of of this as anybody is uh, until Landy Jack, because she does celebrate wins. So, you know, if we have wins, whether it be, you know, a new high profile client or, you know, the launch of Octopus program or something like that, we always make sure that we celebrate it. It wasn't what I used to do. I used to do, I used to do what Bruce was talking about. I used to tick the box and go, right, Octopus launch took me two years onto the next thing. Right, instead of going, wow, this is fantastic. And I actually need to celebrate this, whatever that means for you, whether it be take yourself to a movie, you know, have a lovely dinner out with somebody you love, or simply, you know, move on to, um, you know, going on a holiday, give yourself a bonus, whatever works for you. Working too hard is going to demotivate you. And, you know, you got to look at what your modus operandi is, the way in which you work best. And it's not easy to do this, but, and all of us are different. I know very well that I work very good in bursts, burst, break. It's like, I'm like the interval training guy of work, right? So sprint a hundred meters, then turn around, rest, walk back, have a drink of water, walk back to the start, sprint a hundred meters. That's my way of working. Um, If I start to try and sprint 300 meters before a break, I start to, to, to break down. It's interesting because last year, because we we're out of step with what we were doing because of COVID, I definitely found by Christmas, I was emotionally um, drained from working too hard, um, which is, you know, and I had less holidays last year than I had the previous year. Still had like seven weeks, but a lot less um, because they were in two big batches rather than in the year. And then, sorry, Bruce, but the to-do list mentality as well, Um, keeps us stuck because we're setting ourselves up to fail every day. So I would really suggest that if to-do lists work for you, have two to-do lists, like the must-dos and the want-to-dos. And, you know, make sure that you've got those must-dos ticked off every day or every week. And then the want-to-dos, you know, they're the ones that should come in after that. So if you do that, I think you'll just have a better relationship with that to-do list mentality. And then lastly, before I, I throw back to you guys, when we jump in, into questions, is this is all about breaking old habits and moving into new habits. And once you've got new habits and you understand your work style better and you know you can chunk down goals better and things like that, you can get rid of the white noise that's in the marketplace, in the news media, in the fake news and everything like that. At the moment, once you can do divest yourself of that, then chances are you'll have a lot more success because you're going to be much more motivated on a regular basis. Um, the little comment there on the side, if you can read it, is something that was written, Landy wrote on our bathroom mirror in lipstick, and it stayed there for probably four or five months before it finally needed to be cleaned off. And I just, I loved it because it just reminded me every time I went to, to you know, have a shave or brush my teeth because I looked at it and said your thoughts are prayers. And they really, really are prayers. So this motivation, if if you're not motivated, look at what you're thinking about. Look at what you're allowing into your life. How much time are you scrolling on Facebook, reading, you know, the stuff that's algorithmically sent to you that's actually keeping you stuck? You know, are you listening to talkback radio? Are you going to the wrong events? Are you hanging out with the wrong people? Have you got the wrong clients? You know, all of those sort of things come into it. Once you can start to realize that this is, nobody else created all of this. You created it all. It's your fault you're listening to the wrong stuff. It's your fault you've got the wrong clients. It's your fault you're working too hard. Once you understand that, then you can put a stake in the ground and cut and change that. And so that's what I wanted to share with you today, but I'm really happy to to go into any questions that you would like or any feedback as well. Bye-bye to those of you on the recording and I'll turn that off. We'll see you guys later.